welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Hey listeners, I just wanted to give you a heads up before we get into this podcast interview with Jamie, which you are going to love when you get in there into it. Um, But a quick heads up, the Widow Coaching Center membership doors are open right now so that um, new members can go join, subscribe. It will be closing again tonight. So make a note, if you're listening to this in the future, I apologize. (laughs) This is Thursday, September 24th, 2020. The doors are open right now on the Widow Coaching Center. You can go subscribe to the program and membership. You will get uh, modules of videos dropping in that kind of guide you along this healing journey. Um, And you'll be learning how to coach yourself through it and learning with all the other widows that are in the membership, in the membership group, supporting each other. It's kind of really awesome. I've got a bunch of bonuses in there. I'm not going to totally go into it because I've talked about it elsewhere and I don't want to just pitch you guys, but I wanted to let you know, this is like last call, last chance. Get in there and join up before we close the doors and have our celebration party with all of our new members. And thank you to all of you who have jumped in there. It's going to be a much better membership just having all of you there. I love that. So go check it out. It's at widowcoachingcenter.com. You can find out a little more about it on that page. You can click the I'm in click here button and that will take you to the join page where you can see the prices and click to join up. I would love to see you all in the subscription membership. So a little bit of business out of way. Let's get into that interview with Jamie because it is a delight. So my friends, welcome back to the podcast. Today I want to share another um, story, an interview with you with you all, because I think it's really um, effective for you to hear from some of the women who have come through my courses, uh, my coach certification, or the Widow Coaching Center, where you learn to self-coach. It's a program and a membership, um, so that you know why. Why would a widow invest in any of this stuff? Why would I go pay money for help? Listen, the best one to help you. (laughs) I know this for a fact. So I wanted you to hear a little bit about Jamie's story. Um, Jamie went through my class, I think way earlier this year, and um, had some surprising outcomes of doing these things. So I'm going to go ahead and let Jamie come on and just share her story firsthand with us. So 
There we have her in here. Hi, Jamie. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So listen, I would like you to kind of let the listeners know where you were at before you decided to do the, the course with me. And maybe even like, how did you find me? What made you want to do it? But first of all, we'll start at the beginning. You've been widowed a little over a year, so a year and a half now? A year and a half now, yeah. Okay. Um, which was devastating enough. But then you talked about on top of it, when I first interviewed you, you said on top of that, the dog was killed and it was a huge impact for you. So tell us a little about that. Yeah, it was, it was a very, very difficult six months. Um, my husband died on March 7th, suddenly. And, um, you know, struggling to just wrap my head around all that. Then my aunt died, a friend died. Um, my mother had open heart surgery. And then almost exactly six months after my husband died, my dog was killed. Mm -hmm. And I don't have children. So it was just me and Bill and Klaus. So essentially I went from this, our little family unit to just me. And it, that just sent me honestly over the edge. And I just, I, um, they both died at our house, which we hadn't even moved up to fully. Um, Bill was going to retire and move up there. And he died four days after he retired. So I really threw all my efforts into doing the renovations that we wanted and seeing our vision for the house through. Um, and then I moved up there July 28th with Klaus and I was like, okay, we're going to make a go of it. We're going to do this. And then Klaus was killed a month later on August 28th. So it was just like everything I had worked towards to try to honor Bill and our vision for it. It was just gone. So, um, yeah, it was, it was hard and all of the progress I had made personally, I felt like I was just punched right back out of that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a hard six months. Yeah. And I love how you talk about it. Like, you know, this was your family unit Yeah. and I totally get that because Jim and I had, um, after nine 11, we had saved a whole bunch of cats that were suddenly stray. Can you still hear me? Yeah. My transmitter mm -hmm. just fell everybody. So <laughs> hold on here. Um, we had, um, got a whole bunch of cats rehomed because after 9-11, a lot of people didn't make it home and there were a bunch of stray cats in the city. Well, all the cats that we ended up keeping, we took in four, right? Um, one was a brother and sister and then two others. And they were all about six months apart. So brother and sister were same age. The other one was six months younger than them. And the other one was even six months younger than that one. So the little girl cat died early on. She had a heart problem. But then, you know, our three boy cats, we had them with us for, my gosh, like 15 years. Mm. And um, th yeah, they were like our extended family. They were like our kids, yeah. you know. And even Jim would come home and say hi to the cats before he would come say hi to me. <laughs> right? It was like his kitties. Then because they were all older, they began um, passing away. And it was like we were losing a kitty every six months. Mm. We were losing a kitty. Um, 
which was hard. It was, like you said, it was like our family unit, our kids. And so, you know, it was like one kitty went and then six months later, we had to put another one down. And six months after that, another one died. And then six months after that is when Jim died. So it was like kitty, 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 Jim. Yeah, it it was so hard because like, we, we didn't have family out here. We had been out here about four years and Klaus, we adopted as a puppy. And it was just like, we called ourselves the pack. And then suddenly my pack is gone. And Klaus adored Bill. He followed him everywhere and he was there when he died. Mm -hmm. So um, he wasn't the same after Bill died. And I wonder sometimes like it's, I know it sounds crazy, but then nothing does anymore. I wonder sometimes like if Bill called him out of the yard because there was no way he could have gotten out. I just don't understand it. So it was like, yeah, but um, he was only out for five minutes. A car hit, killed him and took off and that was it. So yeah, it's, so to go from the family just to me was just so disconcerting and it just shakes your identity. It's just who you were suddenly is Mm -hmm. gone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So then at that point, Jamie, um, when did you come across my work? And I don't know, I can't even remember how you found me, if it was the ad or if you'd listen to my podcast. I think it was an ad. So after, after Klaus was killed, um, I just kind of traveled for a while. I put the house on the market and I landed here in the central coast, which is where I am now. And that's because I had more friends down here. And I knew like, if I was going to survive this at all, I had to be around some people. So I, as you know, I began really rethinking my job and the company was great to me, but I worked for, um, an online wine retailer, which during the holidays is a tremendous amount of pressure. So I began rethinking, do I want to keep doing that to myself? Um, they treated me great. I, I have nothing but wonderful things to say about them, but it was just like, you know, when, when your whole world changes, you start to think I got to do something more meaningful. So I had worked with a life coach last year, actually, um, at the end of the year to kind of just try to pull myself out of the muck. And, um, she really kind of helped me rethink and several people had suggested to me, have you ever considered becoming a life coach? And I was like, well, Hey, so I had, uh, then I did some traveling, came back to the States and I decided, yeah, okay, I'm going to study to be a life coach. So I had enrolled in one program and then I saw your ad and I was like, that's it. I want to do the combination because when Bill died, I found there weren't that many resources for people widowed on the younger side of life and also people who aren't of a specific faith. And um, it was hard because every, everybody I talked to, it wasn't the right fit. So the one that actually helped me the most was a life coach. And I thought, oh man, if, if I can help other people who are widowed, because my life coach, you know, happily married, she's not a widow, doesn't quite get it. Right. She did a great job, but doesn't quite get it. Um, you know, I thought that'd be amazing because just to know how I felt back then and help people understand you you won't always feel this way and your life is now wide open and it's a terrible, terrible freedom, but it's still a freedom and you can do anything with it. Right. And I've heard over and over again from widows. It's like, I realize I could do anything I want to with my life now and it terrifies me. It is such a big, wide open thing. I seem to remember too, when you 
first reached out to me, Jamie, that you were um, doing health coach certification or had done yes. health coach certification. You're into yoga and wellness. So I was really excited to train you in life coaching skills and uh, the way I've used them with widows, because I thought that's such a great combination. You know, if you are coaching widows and they are local to you, where you could do a yoga class with them. And even if they weren't local to you, you've got the health code certification rolled in there. And man, this is something widows really need to pay attention to. We don't know it. And we are in such shock right after our husband dies that we're just unaware. Like I know I wasn't even remembering to eat in the, the first couple of weeks. Like I, it's not like, ooh, I can't eat, I can't eat, because I'm so sad. I just like would not remember to eat, you know. Yeah, I that's even think of it. And that's so, certainly a big one. And um, you know, the I, I'm not a stress eater. I'm the opposite. When I'm under extreme stress, I just can't. So I, after Bill died, I lost ten pounds in in a couple of weeks because I just couldn't eat. And I think this is one of the things that I want to help people with as well. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know if it, you're even capable of thinking that way in the first week or, you know, the first couple of weeks. But, you know, just simple things to focus on to be able to cook doesn't take a lot of emotional bandwidth, but just something that's healthy that's at least going to help you get a better night's sleep, you know, so you're not either just turning to the comfort foods or whatever, but just to really try to take care of yourself because it's huge in moments like that. Well, at least be aware of it because mm -hmm. I read a statistic that said 80% of widows receive a critical diagnosis within the first two years after their husband dies. Yeah. Critical diagnosis. And I think it's because our bodies, I know we go into a state of shock when they die, even widows that know their husband's terminal but their brain, your brain still doesn't really wrap around it until they actually die. Go into a state of shock. Your body, just your physical body takes such a hit yeah. with all that emotion and the grief and the sadness and the shock of it that, man, your resistance is down to just about nothing, yeah. especially in that first six months, one year after your husband's died. Um, yeah, and you're you're essentially in fight or flight mode, and what that's doing is diverting the blood literally from digestion to different to, to your mind to just try to be able to survive this and make it through day to day. Right. So I kind of think of it like that. It, just with something simple like eating, it's so difficult because you're trying to digest and absorb all this grief and trauma that's happening. Mm -hmm. So to at least have the awareness of that and that, yes, listen to your body. It's, it's, it's trying to help you right now yeah. um, and yeah. to really pay attention to that. So any health and wellness information that's incorporated with the coaching, yeah. you know, on how to easily maybe nurture yourself a little better and to be able to try to get some sleep at night. That's a big deal for widows. Yeah. Um, and it stays a big deal. I still... For me, it's been five and a half years now, and I still monitor my sleep and am very careful. I know now how to protect my sleep, how to not eat stuff before bed that's going to interfere with my ability to get a good night's sleep. Uh, because for so many years after Jim died, I just was not sleeping well at all, at yeah. all. Yeah, so there was, yeah. You saw my dad <laughs> and reached out to me. 
about this and you signed up to do uh, the, the widow coach certification course, that 12 week course for certification and tools. And mm -hmm. that's why I love the fact that you had done some health coach certification because I've also had other people come to this course who have already been certified as life coaches and say, but I still want to do it because I want that widow specialty. And then they were blown away with the stuff they were learning in the course because the tools were not the same tools they learned when they, wherever it was, they learned to life coach. Um, and I bring that up because as I say, these are not my own unique tools. Some of them are, but most of them are the tools I was trained in. And uh -huh. I do think it's like the most powerful stuff on the planet for life coaching those tools. Yeah, it's been a great experience because um, I'm actually just wrapping up the uh, health coach certification now and I have two clients and that program is, I, I understand the benefits of it, but it's very, very scripted. Um, and I've rewritten all the scripts to be more in my natural voice. And I do a lot of prep before each client session. And when I see what is scripted for the upcoming week, obviously I, I kind of tease out what makes sense for the client and where she's at, but I've drawn a lot of the tools that you taught us. Um, and in particular, the, um, the core needs, that's been a big one yeah. because both women that I'm working with, uh, one has been so career focused, the other has been so focused on her family mm -hmm. that it reminded me very much of right after you're widowed, you don't even, or you can't even articulate what you want because you haven't thought about it. Right, right. And they're both very much at that stage. So helping them kind of go through and seeing what do you want and what it links to as far, far as core needs has been huge with them. It's been really, really good. And it kind of helps them realize like, oh, wow, wait a minute. I didn't even realize I was needing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. And you're right. For most widows that I coached when I was doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching and, and the widows I talk to now in my membership or in my course, um, they don't know what they want. Yeah. I can remember the night Jim died when I was calling people and they were, you know, like family and, you know, his boys. And they were saying, should we drive up right now? And I remember saying, no, no, don't come here. Don't get on an airplane, don't drive, because I don't know what I want or need. I need a couple days to just think. So please, yeah. please don't rush over. And I meant it. And they, I think everybody was kind of thrown by that, that I said, no, don't come yet. Because I, even in that moment, I knew it was like, I have no idea what I need. Yeah. So if, if I have a house full of people, I can't even process this. <laughs> yeah, the hustle people thing. It's so funny because I know people mean well, but I, I, uh, I, I had a lot of friends fly out to visit or to drive up to visit. And I remember thinking I was so happy to see them. And I thought, but I can't entertain anybody right now. Like, I'm just so, I don't know what to do with you. So you might just be sitting on my couch for a while. <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. happened too. Because like the next day, Jim's boys drove up anyway from Long Island and said, you know, we felt like we should just come and they just came and like showed up at eight o'clock in the morning when I'd just fallen asleep, like at six thirty, <laughs> you know, because I couldn't sleep that first night. And basically it was like, sit on the sofa, here's the TV, I'll make coffee. 
And that's about as far as I could think of what to do with people because I still needed to process what yeah. had just happened. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so doing the core needs. Also, you know, Jamie, we go through most of our life and we don't take time to sit down and go, what is it I really want from my life? You know, we're just like living our life, you know, juggling whatever comes along. And then you have an immense traumatic event like this in your life. And it like, it's a marker in your life, I feel like. And it took me a long time to realize it. But looking back, I realized it was also an invitation for me to take stock. That's exactly it. And I, I think about this a lot, um, working with these two clients, because I think as women in particular, we're so conditioned from day one to not want things. So um, we just kind of put it aside. And I think there's so much pent up creativity that a lot of women have, mm -hmm. and it ends up coming out in unhealthy ways at times because we're not allowing ourselves to actually express what we want and what would fulfill those, those needs that we have. Um, right. So yeah, for me, you know, I. I was fortunate. It sounds such a weird thing to say, but, um, you know, Bill and I didn't get married until I was 40. So I kind of was really independent anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so that part of it was obviously difficult. Suddenly he's gone, but it wasn't like I was not used to living by myself. You know, I hadn't in a while, but okay, I can handle that. It was just yeah. suddenly to have all of these plans and goals and everything that you thought your life was going to look like done, gone okay, yeah. what do I want from here? And then to have that opportunity to just say, yeah, what do I want? It, it is an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, one of the things I love so much about teaching the class is that I see everybody come in on day one and then on week 12, I kind of see where they're at. I mm -hmm. see people who in the process, they really begin to gain clarity on what it is they want just in the process of doing this. Um, and I remember, Jamie, <laughs> I remember you talking about you did not want to do your job anymore. You were very unhappy. Not that you were unhappy with them, but it was just didn't feel rewarding to you in any way. And I remember us having the conversation in class because you said, I, I have to quit my job. And I said, never leave a job until you can be happy with it again. And then you can get real clear and like your reasons for leaving. Because I feel like when somebody is in a job that they're really hating and they don't work that out first, they just go find another job. And then they quit that job and go to the new job. And within two months, they're hating the new job because they never worked out what was not sad. There you go. There you are. <laughs> right. I know. I know. It's like figure out first why you're not loving your current job. You know, what is it that's not satisfying? Because that's going to give you a clearer view on what it is you do need to be happier in a different job. So we talked a little bit about that. And I remember saying, Jamie, as long as you get real clear and like your reasons for leaving it, then, you know, go for it. And you did. <laughs> Go ahead, tell us about that. What happened? Yeah, so I do definitely want to emphasize that um, 
the company that I work for, I still do work for them, um, treated me wonderfully after I lost Bill, after I lost Klaus, they were nothing but gracious and kind and they have continued to be. So I can not speak highly enough of the company and of my colleagues who I genuinely love. But the job had evolved into something that was very, very different than what I was hired for. Um, and it became more of just every day trying to keep up with scheduling, payroll, um, which was fine, but again, that's not what I was hired for. Uh, what happened was when the COVID shutdowns happened, our business absolutely exploded. So I had to double the team with no warning at all um, when we were already spread so thin. So after a year of such intense stress, the last thing I needed was more stress. <laughs> and that's what was getting to me. I was like, oh, every day, I don't know how much longer I can do this. So um, I did not want to leave out of anger. So I wanted to make sure that I knew I would be okay financially. So you know, I met with my financial planner, crunched some numbers. And around the same time, things were starting to open up back a little bit around here. And there's a shop I really love in town and just one day when I was really frustrated and I was thinking, I want to leave, but I don't really know what I'll do for just basic income, uh, there was a help wanted sign in that store. So I was like, hey, cool. Would you be interested in hiring me one day a week? Done. She hired me one day a week. Then um, a website that I write for, uh, or I did in the past, I reached out to them and I said, hey, do you need any more content? They were like, yes, please. Perfect. Done. So I crunched the numbers and I was like, I'm, I'm going to be okay. This is fine. And I was hoping that I could stay on part-time at my job, but I really didn't know how it would fly if I was just like, hey, yeah, I gotta go. Because <laughs> I was leaving, um, you know, managing 50 people and now my boss would have to scramble and figure out what to do. Yeah. So um, when I realized I had to give notice, I didn't wanna give it that early, but my boss was going out on paternity leave and he wasn't coming back until right around now. And now is when they start to plan for peak. And I thought that would be really crappy of me to just give him notice now when in September. So when he said he was going out on paternity leave, I was like, okay, here's the deal, we gotta talk. So I had enough time to give him a full two weeks notice and I told him I'll, you know, I'll give you as many hours as you want. So he said, um, well, I have an idea. And I said, okay. And he knew that I was taking some certification programs, but he didn't know what they were for. And he said, I had thought of this position a while ago, but I hadn't really, fleshed it out just yet, but would you be interested in staying on as a coach? And I just, my mind was blown. I'm like, yep, yeah, I would. So I, my role changed and it's called the service excellence lead because you always have to have a fancy title, but essentially now I'm just focusing on developing all the training materials for uh, future hires. And because they've all been still so stressed out because business has been so busy, my job is pretty much just to help people de-stress. We just hired another manager and she's completely overwhelmed. So a big part of my job is helping her de-stress throughout the day. So it's awesome. I only work like 15, okay. 20 hours a week. I, I can, you know, dip in, dip back out. <laughs> I perfect. still remember the day that you showed up for our class and said, you're not going to, I gave notice and you're not going to believe what happened. They I couldn't believe it. As a life coach. And I said, no. I just couldn't believe it. I thought it was amazing that he, especially that he even thought of me because he didn't know that I was taking these coaching programs. Oh, it was a life coach. You were, you were learning life coaching skills and tools. So um, 
Yeah. And that's so awesome because first of all, I knew you, you had said you really loved the company. You loved the people that were there. You were just too stressed with it. So okay. now you get to stay in the place that you did enjoy and love. Um, I think more and more companies out there are bringing on coaches, you know, as an actual role in their company. And it's so needed. I yeah, mean, I think at any company out there who has <laughs> more than 10 employees even should have a life coach on staff because it's not just helping them with the day-to-day -day stress of the job, but it's also because, and this is um, what I used to do so much of Jamie. You know, I tell people I coached in the corporate world for decades right? Long before the term life coach even existed, but it's what made me successful. When one of my employees, like their work just really started dropping off and, you know, I would just see this change and I would know like something's going on, yeah. like something in their life, you know, it doesn't even necessarily be related to work. And I would reach out to them and say, you know, hey, I'm seeing your production really dropping off and you've got to know you've been slacking off here and that must not feel good to you. Because for most employees, when all of a sudden they're just letting their sliding by it, they don't feel good about it. It's not like, hey, I'm getting away with something. They just don't have the energy to bring to their job. So I would reach out, I would coach them on whatever it was they were dealing with at home or whatever it was that was affecting them. And um, man, they would like bounce right back, right? It's such an important thing. So, and I also think it's such a cool thing that now you are employed at the company as a coach. Yeah, it's great. And you know, honestly, that was, I didn't even realize it, but that was part of my job as a manager when the team was smaller. Um, it's the company is very good about not assuming the worst of employees. So it, it was uh, really a great experience because they never take that punitive approach of when somebody's work is starting to decline. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I learned working there. So with my team, I had a great relationship with my team as manager because if somebody didn't show up for a day, instead of saying, hey, where were you? I'd always lead with, is everything okay? We're worried about you. And it was amazing, the loyalty, just from simple things like that, because truth yeah. is, I am genuinely concerned. If somebody's a great employee and they just go missing, of course I'm going to be concerned. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's why my boss thought of me for this role. Uh, but yeah, it just came together so well that, um, yeah, it's, it's a great fit right now. And I get to mm -hmm. stay on with them. I have a good relationship. And I also... I don't like having to manage people. So I don't now have to be a boss. Now I'm just right. the check-in person. <laughs> and you have time to reach out and coach widows and, yeah. you know, build that coaching business of your own on the side while you're working. Um, that's awesome to reach yeah. out and be able to help other widows. So um, I know, I think that was like one of the most surprising outcomes of anybody who's come through my class. It was the <laughs> only one that like showed up one week and just said, oh, guess what? They brought, kept me on as the life coach at work. I went, this is amazing. Yeah, at that point, I felt like the universe finally said, this is what we've been trying to tell you. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, yeah. And, you know, I always tell people, it's not like God or the universe does not drag you into something with you kicking and screaming, right? Like I have to do this thing and I have no choice. But as soon as you put your foot in a direction of a different path, when it's the right path, all of a sudden it's like everything just opens up. Yeah. Like, yes, this is what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. um, Yeah, that's, that's kind of the coolest thing. You know, that's kind of what happened to me when I began working with widows, when I first launched a podcast for widows. Even though I wasn't coaching widows then, I thought, let me put the podcast out there because there's nothing and I want the next widow that searches iTunes to find something. Mm -hmm. And that was like, the momentum was insane as soon as I did that podcast, right? It was just like, yeah, this is what I was supposed to be doing all along. Helps so many people. Yeah. So, um, and for yourself, are you still using the tools to self-coach? Yeah, and it's, um, it's interesting because they aligned with um, some tools that I, more philosophical tools that I learned in grad school. Mm-hmm. So that's why some of them I was like, oh, this is so familiar. It's just articulated a different way. 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I tell people like a lot of this stuff isn't new because listen, I read Marcus Aurelius like he was what a hundred years before Christ, Marcus Aurelius. And he talks about a lot of the flow of how things happen exactly the way I coach. And, you know, it, it's like, yeah, this stuff has been around for, you know, a few thousand years, maybe. Yeah. There's um, <laughs> there, one of the um, concepts we learned was from a Russian, um, actually it was a literary critic, but it was called the chronotope. And that basically means the time and place in which you're raised shapes your lens and your worldview. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of stuck with me. And it reminded me very much of manuals, of yeah. how that's only your manual. Nobody else will have that. Nobody knows they're even supposed to. Mm-hmm. It's because it's coming through your lens and it's very specific to your experience in the world. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, this has been so fun to have a chance to talk to you, to share you with my audience, because I know, you know, I constantly share and teach on the podcast um, and always mention whenever it's time for a new cycle of coach certification or um, opening the doors on the online program with the subscription membership, which is happening real soon here. And I know a lot of widows think like, why, why would I, spend money for this? Why would I, you know, why can't I just go find a free group to, you know, and it's a big difference between a free group and actually having something that's teaching you skills Uh going forward. Um, Even just the skill of self-coaching, the skill of being able to look at what it is you want and then how to how do you then focus on that to begin creating the direction you want your life to go now yeah it's very different than just a group because um you know i as i said i had struggled to find different groups and i found one online but you know every time somebody who just lost their husband comes in it's like you're constantly reliving 
those awful early days. And that's right. a very different dynamic than learning tools of how to rethink things and how to understand that you do have control to shape your life and move forward. Right, right. Or that you can allow emotions and let them process so that yeah. instead of being a victim of how you feel, you can just allow it and let that lead you into personal growth going right. forward. So, um, so this has been fun. This is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. you guys, if any of you, are you taking private clients at this point, Jamie? Do you? I am. I okay. am. Yep. So um, you can check out my website, which is just widowwellnesscoaching.com. Um, that may change. It was a very functional title for now. Uh, but yeah, my information is through there. And um, yeah, so right now I have two clients. I have room for more. So I'm more than happy to help people make those steps to get a healthier mindset, healthier body, because it's all connected. Awesome. And when you're not physically feeling well, it's really hard to think clearly enough to make those decisions about what you want your life to look like. Sure is. So that's what a wellness dot com widow wellness coaching.com widow wellness coaching.com yeah great great and for anyone who is interested in the program and online subscription membership that's happening soon go to widowcoachingcenter.com and get on the wait list because i will be emailing stuff out um and reach out to me if you have any questions about any of this stuff that i offer and do right? It's usually in the podcast or the email address is Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, -N, no E, at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com. So this is awesome. All of you go out there, think about what it is you want for yourself in your life now and go find some joy in your day. Bye-bye. <laughs>